Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am your co-host, Sam Fain, joined this week by a huge panel. Well, not the biggest one we've ever had, but the biggest in terms of prestige, as far as I'm concerned. We have the tournament master, Todd Gershel, of course. We have Mike Molesky joining us, coming back to us after an absence. And uh, we're joined this week by a very special guest. We're going to do a promoter spotlight later, but we're going to have him involved pretty much the whole show. And that is none other than Pete Beck. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I didn't know I was like that well known. <laughs> you're, you're the only guy who drove to Galacticon through a hurricane, man. That's true. Yeah, well, from the Midwest too, but that's just a different story. Well, we can maybe talk about it during the promoter spotlight. We we definitely can. We definitely can. <laughs> I mean, I knew who you were before I ever like met you, and that, that's mostly because of like you know Death Knight Two and stuff, which we'll also yeah. get to, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to have you back. You were on, of course, for one of the earlier tournament episodes, but now we get to devote some time to your story uh, as a promoter, which I'm really looking forward to doing. Um, but before we get there, we got some other stuff to do. And before we get there, Mike, how are you? Oh, okay. You're getting me confused there. Before we got there, I, was not, <laughs> I wasn't following where we were going there. I'm great, Sam. Glad to be back. Glad That's to be it. here with you and Todd, as always, and really thrilled to have uh, Colonel Pete back here with us. That's uh, always a thrill. Yeah, the retired guy, kind of. <laughs> I, I thought calling you Colonel and and you know just leave it there. And that go, that the, go, retired that part, so, yes. the retired part's silent. The retired part is well, silent yeah. <laughs> when you refer to someone. So it's. <laughs> yeah. I do. I still do answer to that. People say it, and I turn. So yeah. So I I do answer to that sometimes. So. Um. We'll talk more about that too, uh, as much as we can. I don't know. We may, might, oh, are we going to have anything left to talk about we'll in the see. spotlight Probably by the time not. we get through this no, intro? Of course not. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the shortest spotlight ever. Uh, Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad to be back here and uh, excited to have Pete on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's not waste any time. We'll dive right into our opening bell. Uh, we had some really cool announcements. Of course, last Friday was the latest Legends announcement for Legends Expansion 9, and that is a colorized update of none other than Don Leo Jonathan. I said this, uh, I, I teased it ever so slightly before uh, the actual announcement was made. I thought this art was phenomenal. I, I really, as soon as I saw the, the card, uh, I, I just... I mean, I popped for it. I thought it looked so cool. Um, and I'm thrilled that he'll be getting the color update. Uh, Pete, what were your thoughts on this one? When I saw it, because I had, you know, obviously I, I'm not an insider. I really don't know much of what goes on in, in, in headquarters as, as you guys prepare all this stuff. I saw the art and I was just like floored. I was like, this is, you. it is a fantastic piece of art where you actually feel the, yeah, he is a big big guy that that perspective of seeing it from that lower level looking up at him uh throwing the cape in there he just he looks he looks um imposing yeah. is, is a good good way to say it so yeah it, it's fantastic perfect word choice uh todd what were your thoughts on this one uh no it's great i'm glad to get an update for him uh very you know popular guy i think in a lot of people's feds over the years so yeah. for sure um and uh i know when it came to the art you know we were going through a couple references this is one that i think all of us kind of liked the reference but we weren't sure if it was going to come out well in the art and uh glad that uh, mike decided to take the risk on it and uh, and go with it and i think i want to really knocked it out yeah uh without a doubt uh mike uh, i'd love to hear your thoughts on this i'd love to hear a little bit more about 
yeah, taking that chance and, and going with this uh, particular reference? Well, I mean, one of the challenges with the Legends line in particular, because obviously with COTG, you can come up with a lot of different things. It's fictional. Um, but with the Legends guys, you're working off a of reference art where the guys, you know, a lot of wrestlers pose exactly the same way. Like there's, there's, there's <laughs> like these five different poses that like it's i think like when you become a professional wrestler you sign a contract i will i will sign i will pose for this photo this this way this way this way and this way and that is it i refuse to do anything else <laughs> so it, it's it's challenging sometimes and i always like to try and find like one piece of art that's from a dramatically different perspective than that for every set and it's hard also because some of them you know aren't the best quality and trying to get Werner to capture the guys essence in a photo that is sort of in the ring somebody took from ringside and maybe there's a rope in the way or maybe there's something else that sort of obscures them that makes it challenging so you know sometimes um it could just be tough to get it right but i think werner nailed that one and that was you know it's just good because like i think pete you know said first you know it's it's just you get that imposing view of him that he is a big man and Um, you know, I don't want to say that was missing from the first one, but just based on the perspective of his black and white car, you really just sort of see him. Yeah. He's a strong looking guy, but it's really like his shoulders up and you can't really see much about him. Uh, this one I think gives you the full view of Don Leo Jonathan. No, I completely agree. The black and white art, uh, well, while being great art, uh, it's mostly about the sideburns. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> we did get those in this one though. You we did, did get yeah. the sideburns in this one. Uh, so I, I thought they, they, they look great. Um, but no, this one definitely gives you a, a sense of the imposing nature of a guy like Don Leo, Jonathan, the Mormon giant who had an incredible career. Um, and uh, it was mostly, uh, operating in Canada, but obviously spent time elsewhere, including Japan. In fact, I know over on the boards, uh, some people were talking about, uh, his match with the destroyer uh you know and you can see from that match in particular what an excellent wrestler he was you know he wasn't just necessarily like one of those attraction guys who was a big guy um which to be fair you know pre you know 80s that was the case with a lot of guys you know sure there were a couple of those sort of sideshow guys that were big but even andre in his early days you know andre was a hell of a wrestler um so uh i i just think that this is an excellent addition to to the color ranks and i'm really looking forward to getting this card in i haven't actually used him in my latest legends fed so i think i'll hold off on bringing him in and and wait until uh the color card comes out um i'm really really looking forward to it uh and, and of course there's a lot of ready-made matchups uh and, and teamings if you want um you can take a look of course over at the uh, right up on the the website uh for for a tease of some of those names or of course just you know google john leo jonathan and you'll find plenty out um that takes us of course to monday and monday was our uh new announcement for the chrono set uh and this is mayday uh again you, you know speaking of imposing here's a guy who looks pretty imposing uh mike talk a little bit about mayday again just uh i mean i really love i all the art for for this set i think um Warner and and Rob have really kind of gotten a nice little, I I don't know, their mojo's working or something this time because it's just really, I haven't seen anything that's even like, okay. It's all been like 
good stuff. I mean, obviously, really, this one's a really imposing piece of art in a very different way than Don Leo Jonathan, but but right. definitely, you know, uh, still getting it. It's menacing. Maybe we'll say menacing instead of imposing. Um, but uh, just, I think, fantastic. I like, um, you know, I, I obviously know a little bit about the character and, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where this go. What people think of where this goes, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I think that I'm most excited for uh, is that like once you get kind of a peek inside, um, you're just really waiting for other people's reactions because uh, I think that there's some really cool stuff within this set, and uh, Mayday is definitely an interesting character. Todd, what were your thoughts on Mayday? I, I like Mayday. I like. I mean, all the pieces so far have been great. All the new characters there, uh, and again, obviously, I've seen the the peek ahead on the storyline and how they all fit together and whatnot. So, yeah, really excited. I'm looking forward to throwing all these guys into a tournament uh, once uh, <laughs> once we're ready to do so. And and you'll see why when you read the book too. So, <laughs> oh, there's a nice little, little nice little tease. A little tease. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Pete, your thoughts on Mayday? Oh, we've already used the word imposing. I think that's the word of the show. We'll <laughs> see how many times we can get that in tonight. Um, I, you know what I like just from the teaser is that you have the first two, the, the men, mentor and then uh, preceptor that, you know, kind of have this kind of good, good natured kind of thing to them, right? Or something that, that you know, you kind of see the, the, the good side of something. Uh, but most of the time, you have to have that enforcer in, 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 in walks Mayday, who looks like he's going to be one heck of an enforcer uh, to, to, to bust some heads, you know, to, to, to take it to the guys that are like, hey, if you guys don't straight it out, we're going to sick him on you. And, and he looks like a guy that you can sick on him and, and cause, some, cause some grief. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a really good observation. I think Mentor and Perceptor both have kind of that, there's a, like a cool vibe about them at the very least, you know, whether or not they're good guys or bad guys or whatever yeah. you, you know, we want to say, there's something kind of cool about Not that them. I know. I, I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. Right? So, yes. um, whereas, yeah, where Mayday just looks like, you know, bad news. Um, yes. Not bad news, Alan, which I'd be fine with, but just saying. Uh, so just you know, you so just you know, kind of the play on the name, and 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 it's funny because you know a lot of people may be yelling "Mayday, Mayday, Mayday" when they have to get into the ring with that guy. So yeah, that's that's what I see. You know, that's how I see it. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that. Um, and then of course Wednesday uh, brings which uh, we're recording on a Tuesday, so I'm not going to even act like this is in the past. But uh, Wednesday will bring us the announcement of the next uh, Indies Tag Team for the Best of the Indies Tag Teams 2022, and that is none other than the main event. Now you might be wondering to yourself, which main event? are we talking about here? Because there are indeed two main events on the indie scene and they are both spelled the same way. M a N E. This is the main event T M E the team of all pro Duke Davis and the all-star Gannon Jones jr. Um, they are a phenomenal tag team. I really like these guys. Uh, I, I first uh, saw them, I think uh, probably just this past, you know, late spring, early summer um, followed them in uh, AIW uh, out of Cleveland and then saw 
them uh, in some shows up in Beyond as well, where they actually changed their name because that's where the other main event is from. Um, and uh, then they also had a couple of matches on AEW, uh, Dark and Elevation. Uh, just a great tag team, two really athletic guys, strong guys, uh, great look. Uh, I love everything about them as a tag team. I think they're going to be a wonderful addition to the game. Um, Todd, let's talk a little bit about the main event and uh, bringing them into the Indies tag team set. Uh, well, I got to say, when I was first researching them, I didn't know there was two main events. Uh, I only knew of, of these guys because I'd seen them before in, in AIW. And I was very impressed by them. I thought they were great. And then, you know, Zeke mentioned they were signed and then I was looking for pictures and I'm like, oh, do they have like a circus gimmick now? No, that's just another team uh, of the guys that are also <laughs> called the main event. So it's it's like the Canadian Football League had two Rough Riders at one time, you know? They did. They did, did right? Yeah, they they did. Was, <laughs> it's like the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's just another main, another main event. But uh, uh, no, I, these guys are great. Uh, yeah, very impressed with them. I, I, you know, I could see them, you know, continue to do stuff. I think. Uh, we, I think we were even talking ahead of the time. Uh, these guys, as well as the other main event, have both been on AEW Dark. So obviously they're both getting uh, both getting uh, some good exposure uh, on the wrestling scene. But um, uh, this is the main event that we will have uh, cards for uh, in this set. Who knows? Maybe we'll have the other main event and another set down the line. But <laughs> yeah, well, uh, never can tell. Never can tell. But uh, I know they've done some work in Beyond Wrestling, too. I've seen some, some of their uh, videos from there and, and whatnot. So uh, I think these are guys that I think will fit really good into this set. And it's uh, definitely a team you'll, you'll see a lot more of uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to do a little bit more research on them. Quite frankly, I haven't written their bio yet. So uh, I, I can't speak too much more other than, you know, the matches that I've seen uh, in the ring. But uh, I know that they AIW's, you know, their first kind of big show back uh, with an audience after the pandemic, um, they just had a heck of a match. And, and I was really I, I think out of everyone that I saw uh, that I hadn't seen before on that particular card, they were the ones that impressed me the most. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to see what they do next. And I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what Zeke does uh, with, with the cards and with the stats. Cause uh, they are, they're, they're really, really talented guys. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on the main event in this, uh, this new art? Well, I mean, I didn't know much about them at all. Um, myself before this, uh, you know, it's, it's a cool piece of art. I mean, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, I think it having just seen, I think one picture of these guys or two pictures of these guys, I think it really captures, you know, their essence and who they are. I, I like the pose, everything about it. I mean, and I'm looking forward to seeing these cards kind of like everybody else's. Cause I, you know, just don't know much about them, which is one of the cool things. I mean, as we've talked about like a hundred times, probably at this point, one of the cool things about the game, whether it's, you know, certain legends or Indies guys, you, you know, that you didn't know the history or you don't know the future. And it's, we kind of do a good job uh, bringing some of these guys into the spotlight. I'd like to think that that's how they make it to the next level. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I think it's great uh, to see some new talent and to learn more about them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth noting uh, that their their latest match actually just occurred this past weekend uh, in AIW and it was against the Philly Marino experience for the AIW tag team titles. They did not win that match, but, you know, uh, you know, heck of a heck of a match uh, and, and getting, you know, that tag team title shot um, coming out of a, a three way ladder match 
uh, pretty, pretty cool for them. And they've been, um, you know, they've been working all over the place. In fact, uh, international wrestling cartel out of Pittsburgh, um, in, in December, they actually won the tag team titles there, uh, in a TLC match. Uh, so, uh, they're definitely, I think definitely picking up, uh, quite a bit of steam. And, uh, I, I really think that there's a good chance, you know, going throughout the rest of this year that we'll get to see more of them, uh, with some of that national coverage, uh, on AEW as well. Um, so, Any thoughts? So, close, so close to getting that back-to-back weeks of AIW tag champs. So, so close, you know, <laughs> it would have been pretty cool. That would have been pretty uh, yeah. Uh, any, any thoughts uh, on, on this pair, uh, Pete? Well, I think I have some, some videos to go find out on, on the internet when this is done. But as Mike said, that's one of the, the neat things about the whole, uh, the Indies line is that if you're unfamiliar with somebody, uh, the game brings it to your, uh, you know, into, your, into focus so that you can go out there and take a look at him and, and, and see some of this great talent before, before it does hit the big stage. Um, you know, uh, the, the game does a great, great job of that. And so, uh, yeah, I think as soon as we're done here, I will probably be jumping online and typing in the main event and going out there and see what I can see. So they look, they, they look good. I, I honestly don't know anything about it, but the, but the art, the pose, it's, it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool picture. I will say that um, it, the, the way that, that it fits together and then uh, a little bit of a, um, it, what's the way to say it? Yeah. There's some confidence in that, in that pose. We'll, we'll leave it at that. So definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and I mean, you're right on the money the, the you know, the game it brings us so much great talent and in particular with the Indies, I think it's a great opportunity to, uh, as you were saying, Mike, to, to get this talent, like right as they're, as they're taking off to get that talent that maybe people aren't as familiar with that haven't had as much of a, a national spotlight. And, uh, I, my hope, my genuine hope is that it does always encourage people to go and and track some of that stuff down. Uh, because man, I, I, I just think that there's so much good wrestling that's happening out there that isn't on you know a network that isn't in wwe that isn't in aew um and we have so much more access to it now than we've ever had before uh so it's 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 really cool the stuff that you can see and you know you can see the growth of a lot of wrestlers too which is a lot of fun sometimes seeing a wrestler grow over the span of a few years um and getting to watch them take off and, and go places like aew or wwe um i always think of shotzi blackheart you know i mean i I saw her pretty early in her career and, and just kind of following her growth from like rise to shimmer to seeing what she was doing in evolve to then, you know, seeing her get to NXT and now being WWE. Like it's just really kind of cool to be able to see that type of uh, growth from a talent. And uh, I, I think that the indie sets provides us a, a space to do that sometimes because, you know, we do get names when they're, when they are pretty young or pretty new, or we get names right when they're about to take off and people might not be as familiar with them, but Get ready to drink, everybody, because obviously a lot more people know who Daniel Garcia is now than they did a year ago when the IWTV set came out. So, I, I, you know, I, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful example. Um, but and one of our one of our early uh, Legends of the Future sets, you know, we needed to fill yes. out the card, and we threw in these this young tag team called the Young Bucks that no none of us knew much about. So, who are, who are those guys? <laughs> they were those guys who came out to Umbop, weren't they? That's right. Yeah. Umbop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they came. We were, Mike and I saw them come out, and like you know, with the umbop and all that, and we we're like, these guys should totally be heels. And like, we booked them as heels. Like, how are they baby faces? They should be heels. <laughs> <laughs> they should either be heels or they're the like the. I mean, they've got bigger guts than anybody else I know coming out to that song. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, they, you know, they've done those, those guys have done all right for themselves. I think so. Um, Just a little. But what are they, where are they now? I haven't haven't heard from them in a while. I don't know, but if you've seen their hairstyle, um, I mean, Nick Jackson, I'll tell you what, Nick, yeah, no, (laughs) Nick just like, the the work that he has done just physically speaking on the the physical appearance the clothes that he wears the beard the mustache the earrings everything i mean he looks like somebody you just want to smack in the face which is exactly what you want when that's you know the character that you are um i know there's some people that are listening to this and just want to smack in the face anyway (laughs) yeah how they've changed just since they were faces in AEW to yeah, heels, yeah. like it was like it was like a week later. All of a sudden, it's like how how can we physically change ourselves as much as possible? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and and it's a testament, I think, to the skill of uh, some of the performers that are you know are working in AEW because when the company started, you wanted to like everybody. Because as a fan, you were just happy to have this alternative and you, you wanted to love Jericho and you wanted to love the Bucks and you wanted to, you know, and then all of a sudden you're just sort of like, I hate that guy. You know, it's like, I hate Jericho. And, you know, now we now we love him again, although maybe now we hate him again. I, you know, you never can't tell with, with, with Jericho. Do we? Um, yeah, I mean, I do. I think that Santana and Ortiz are, are the baby faces in that feud for sure. Um, that's what I think, anyway. I mean, uh, Eddie you know. Kingston's kind of healing it up, though, too. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. yeah, but he's also Eddie Kingston. You know what I mean? Eddie Kingston, right? Well, that's the beauty of what they're doing. I think is that yeah. it, it, it's it's you. They, they don't tell you who the the, the mm-hmm. heel in the face are. You know, you you've kind of got to keep reading into it and seeing who winds up being the heel. Does Jericho just say, you know, you know, go full heel, or does it turn around that? Eddie Kingston hits him over the back of the head with a bat and, you know, walks away. I mean, right. I, yeah, I think that the interesting thing is for me is that just like for a lot of what I've seen leading up to this moment, a lot more people do seem to be behind Santana or Ortiz, like on Twitter and stuff. Um, And uh, that, that to me says that like the, the fans, the majority of the fan base has kind of like made their decision, but that could change. That could easily change depending on how they, how they play it off. So, um, and they do play to the internet, uh, quite a bit. Oh, so I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure that has a, a you know, we'll have a piece well, into it. Well, I mean, look, but look how quickly they turned Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson from like yeah. beloved, like everybody was behind him. All of a sudden he goes like full on heel and mm-hmm. then there, but he still comes out the baby face locker room. He does. Right. Yes. Yes. And yes. now you're like, is he, what is he? Yeah. You know, so it's, they're not, uh, uh, you know, actually, I hear that the Cody Rhodes entrance to the AEW ramp is now available. So maybe that's where they'll have Brian Davis. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> that provides us with a perfect segue into a big bit of real world <laughs> wrestling news that we wanted to talk about. And uh, that, of course, has to do with Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, Cody has had opportunities over the past five years to be the most talked about figure in professional wrestling multiple times. Of course, when he left uh, WWE uh, and started to do his sort of, you know, tour of the Indies and, and, you know, get to Japan and ring of honor. And then eventually, uh, you know, had a pretty game changing promo in a ring of honor ring uh, about how WWE doesn't own professional wrestling. And uh, it, it wasn't a long road from there to all in, um, 
um, when, you know, Meltzer made the statement about how nobody else is going to fill a 10,000 seat arena except for WWE. And Cody said, I'll take that bet. And uh, they, they did it, you know, they, they did it. And uh, I'm glad I got to be there for that event and that weekend. Um, uh, and then it wasn't that long of a walk to uh, AEW. Um but now, of course, the news that is coming out uh, as of this morning uh, is that uh, Cody and Brandy Rhodes are leaving AEW. Um, now, I'm going to throw this out here right away so we don't have to wait too long to get to it. I still think there is a possibility that this is a work. Um, I think that there is a possibility that all of this is being done to you know, to basically just raise the profile, uh, you know, get, get those clicks, you know, create some more buzz at a time when traditionally all the buzz would be around WWE because of the road to WrestleMania. Sure. I would certainly argue that in my, literally in my lifetime, which of course starts before WrestleMania started, but in my lifetime, I have never, I don't ever recall there being this much lack of a buzz around WrestleMania as I do this mania as of right now, like especially compared to the past 15 years or so 15, 20 years, it is tickets aren't selling. They are doing everything they can to try to figure out how to, to move the needle, so to speak. There's been rumors that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to have one more match with Kevin Owens there. I mean, they're, they're literally trying to do everything they can to raise the profile of the event because right now it's not on par with what it has been. And sure, maybe there were some manias in the early nineties that didn't have as much buzz or whatever, but especially in the past 20, 25 years, it's, it's been a long time since mania had this little buzz. Uh, so could this be a work? Could this be Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan saying, Hey, this is a great way to steal even more of that thunder to get even more attention and also create a storyline reason to bring Cody back in by saying, Hey, Cody, come back in, take the contract. We'll let you fight for the world title again, which, you know, he had vowed never to do. Um, but with a new contract, they create an excuse. Or of course, this could all be very, very real and Cody could be done. The one other thing I'll point out before we open things up to the panel is that Cody Rhodes is indeed contracted by Warner Media to participate in two television programs on TNT. Uh, he's got his reality show and then they've got the, um, you know, reality game show thing that he does. Uh, those are happening. Like he has a contract to do that. So unless he breaches that contract, you know, those are definitely going on. Now, Warner Media does not own AEW, but they AEW is one of their darlings. Any opportunity they get to to brag about AEW, they do it. Um, and in in a way that I don't recall having seen USA or Fox do recently for WWE, um, which is not necessarily a knock. I'm just saying that that's not the same type of relationship that those networks seem to have right now. Uh, although Peacock does seem to do, do a little bit more. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot behind the scenes that, that makes you wonder and scratch your head about this. Mike, I saw you, you had something to say, so I'll let you jump in first. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Well, I mean, I think to your point, if, if I go to my, uh, search engine of choice and type in WrestleMania, it says Stone Cold Steve Austin and Cody Rhodes rumors. <laughs> so if, if you, I mean, you know, like that's, they just put, you know, if, if you want to feed into your, um, 
it's a work conspiracy. Um, you know, I'd say it could be right. Cause now every time you search WrestleMania, a former AEW star, Cody Rhodes, former AEW star, Cody Rhodes is there with stone cold, Steve Austin. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the buzz right now. And it, at the very least it's, uh, you know, and I read one article said, Oh, a source close to Cody says he's definitely going, you know, to, to, to yeah, like, it's all great. You know, I mean, right, it's, it's, right. you know, it's, it's like, so it's created a buzz. And actually I think it's a win-win for AEW because they either get back Cody Rhodes and maybe can push him into a spot where he's, I'll just say more useful than he's been lately. You know, he's sort of been in, in a bit of a rut and, you know, you know, sort of raise his profile, maybe actually turn him heel or maybe find a way to spin this so that he comes back and says, there's no way I'd go there. This is the greatest company on the planet and gets the baby face pop and moves on. But, um, and if he goes to AEW, everybody's talking about how WWE stole AEW's guy. Like they needed us to to elevate their big show, right? So it's kind of a, it doesn't really end badly for AEW either way. No, I, I completely agree. And, and I think that, you know, if, if it turns out to be a work, like you said, it provides his character some much needed kind of oomph. Um, because while I have never been on the bandwagon, you know, the booze Cody that, that, like you said, you know, there hasn't been, I haven't necessarily been sitting up to take notice of what he's been doing, you know, the past few months to say the least. Now that's not to say that he hasn't had some great matches that he hasn't had some interesting moments, but it, it, you know, it's not the reason why I've been tuning in. Um, you know, another possibility if this is a work, even if it's not a work, quite frankly, is roads to the top has a hell of a storyline for its second season. You know, I mean, think about it from that point of view, like all of a sudden, like roads to the top has a really cool, interesting bit of story to tell. Um, but again, you think about the connections that he has with AEW, you know, the nightmare factory, all of these people that, that he has been involved with that he basically brought into AEW that he helped get started with the company that, you know, his behind the scenes role has kind of shepherded so much talent into the company. Um, and his relationship, obviously, with Warner Media, with with Rose at the Top, and and Go for the Gold, like it, it, it just seems odd to me that this would be the way that it goes. Now, of course, it could just be money. It could literally just be a case of like, look, you're not going to pay me what I want. They're going to pay me what I want. I still got these other two things going on. Nothing says I can't go to WWE, even though I'm on these other two shows. So, I'll go. Now, if I'm a Warner executive, however, and I see this happening, I'm going to bury your show. Like, I'm not I'm not going to promote you the way I was going to promote you when you were on three of my shows, you know, but. Or Sam, it could be option three that that he just doesn't feel like wrestling right now. He's beat up or whatever. Yes. And he just wants yeah. to, to, you know, do the other shows. That and is it, a very that, good point. Right. And then, and then he feels he can come back in a year or a year and a half when when he's healed up and recharged. And, you know, because they, they were making a big deal on, you know, about how stretched thin he was, you know, the new baby, you know, the shows, everything yep. like maybe that's real. You know, that right. maybe that isn't a work that that's that's the truth. And he just doesn't want to, you know, be, have the grind of, of the wrestling schedule right now. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Spend more time, you know, with, with his daughter, you know, enjoy the, this particular time in her life and be able to spend more time there with her. Um, perhaps be able to focus on a couple of other things. You know, I know that he's interested in acting, although that God awful neck tattoo, but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Todd, uh, what, what are some of your thoughts on this whole situation? Um, yeah. I mean, when I was kind of seeing everything with the contract situation at first, you know, when it was all first brought up, I'm like, all right, is this some type of ploy to kind of, you know, go more towards that heel thing and kind of bring up what you said, like, Oh, okay. Here's a storyline excuse of now, like him resigning and getting that title match and stuff like that. You know, that's what I originally thought before everything. I was like, Oh no, he's officially gone as of today. And, you know, I mean, a good i mean a lot of these times with these things it's like oh no it's it's not a work everyone always thinks everything's always a work and like with this one and with you know with cody and knowing how he likes to manipulate things i could see it being a work i don't know like whereas i have almost anybody else be like no this is this is a real thing but i think i I see him and just knowing how he, he, he likes to play up on different things. He understands the new way that wrestling works. He's good friends with Matt Cardona, who's like the king of new style kayfabe on the internet. And just kind of like, you know, how you can kind of play the media and stuff to kind of tell the new style of storylines that happen in wrestling, where the story is being told, not in the ring. It's being told through other things that you think are legit, but really you're kind of playing with with that to kind of tell a story that can then get, get played out in the wrestling ring later on. Uh, I think there's a definite good chance of that. Um, now, if he shows up in WWE programming, am I going to be shocked? No, but I mean, I, I didn't think he would that right off the bat, but I anyway, considering kind of, I mean, I would say he burned any bridges, but he definitely was, you know, definitely put a sledgehammer, uh, you know, through through some things in the past there that made it seem like he wasn't going to be running back there anytime soon. But again, no bridges ever really burnt to that company, uh, as, as we've learned over and over again. So it's tough. I'm, 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 I'm interested to see what happens. And I think no matter what, that's probably, you know, the number one thing that uh, Cody would want out of this is getting interest in what happens. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, the, the the difficult thing for me is that if if I look at this as he's going to go to WWE, I I automatically you know fall back to the whole CM Punk comment that we talked about in our Royal Rumble coverage that we didn't release, which is he's going to be just another guy. You know, no matter what promises get made, no matter what happens, he's not going to you know he, he first of all he's never going to get the feud with Triple H because Triple H is most likely never going to wrestle again after his, his heart issue. Um, and even if he hadn't had his heart issue, he probably wasn't going to wrestle again, you know, maybe a one-off match. Sure. Uh, he's, he, if he gets a feud with Roman Reigns, he's going to get crushed. Like he's not, you know what I mean? Like Vince isn't going to throw Roman Reigns under the bus to a former AEW guy who couldn't even win the big belt in the AEW, which is exactly what Vince is going to say when somebody tells him that because Vince doesn't know anything about AEW because Vince doesn't watch wrestling anymore. And, 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 and I just think that like him going to WWE and unless it's for the bank account, which it doesn't seem like it's something he really, really needs uh, also seems just, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't seem to be who Cody Rhodes has seemed to be for the past five years. The guy that we've kind of like gotten to know. Um, 
So it, I, I don't know. It, it's fascinating to me, which is one of the reasons why I do think that Mike brings up a very good point that maybe it has nothing to do with wrestling or WWE. It has to do with the fact that like AEW, Tony Khan, you can't pay me enough money to do this right now. So I'm going to go home instead because that's what I need to do. Um, but of course, you know, the internet rumor mill is running and running and running, talking about he could be at the performance center as soon as this weekend. He could be, you know, all this sort of stuff. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Pete, what are your thoughts on all this? So what I was going to say was all, all this does is, you know, compare it to sports, other sports and free agency. Uh, the talk about where the free agent is going to land is the greatest. It, it's the draft and then free agency after the titles won by somebody you your, your season ends and, and then it just starts talking about who's going to be where next year and, and what's that team going to have to do it and that's literally what is going on right now this is driving the needle of discussions for absolutely everything that needs to go needs to go on for him uh for cody to say hey i you know really if you ask me i think he's going home for a little bit gonna rest relax enjoy time with his daughter um, and his wife and run the other two shows. And then we'll see what comes up in about six months. That's kind of what I think um, that like what, as Todd even alluded to that. Yeah. Just, you know, go home, let everybody forget about me for a little bit, have all this speculation now. And then when I decide that I'm going to come back, let's watch the, the speculation wrap up all over again. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, striking now while the while the needle is hot. The, the whole WrestleMania thing that Mike that, that that you brought up said, you know, it's it's they're not really talking about the the WWE in WrestleMania. They're talking about Cody Rhodes in WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, that's just a one time thing. It's not going to go. He's not going to get Roman in in a match. He's not going to get. Um, oh Jesus, he's not going to get. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the other champ? Lesnar, Lashley. Oh. Not, well, Lesnar or the, you know, he's not going to get Lesnar. He's not going to yeah. get, um, Bobby I can't Lashley. remember who the other guy is. Bobby Lashley. He's not going to get any of those, those matches. So why would he go there? Yeah. They wouldn't feed him to any, or they would feed him to someone, right. but he's not going to, not going to get anything out of it. If you ask me, that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think AEW's right. already gotten something out of it. They're being put on AEW footing with WWE. Has. Yes, and he Cody himself won't get anything out of going to to, to WWE to to do it. Uh, you know, he get a paycheck and then they bury him. That, yeah. That's it. They use it for the show and then and then that would be it. He, he would be right where he was before, um, just because that's what they would do to him. Yeah, and I just I I I genuinely do think Cody is smarter than that. I really I, I really do. I don't I don't think he would be under any illusions otherwise. Which is why it would it it would actually kind of surprise me if if he goes to WWE. Um, but if he yeah if he goes home, relaxes, hangs out by the pool with his daughter, and you know takes six months off and comes back. You know, that could be one of the smartest plays for him, uh, it, you know, because once he walks into AEW, people are probably going to give him a babyface reaction and then he can turn right around and stab him in the back and become the biggest heel in the company easily. And, 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 and I think that if that's the route they go, then kudos to all of them for being able to work this into something that has generated this buzz because you're right. You Google WrestleMania the two names that are popping up right now are a guy who doesn't even work for WWE and a guy who hasn't even been in a ring in like 15 years. Mm -hmm. 
which tells you all you need to know about the state of WWE right now, unfortunately. Well, you know, the other thing too, I just went to the Rumble, what, two weeks ago, and I couldn't remember what Bobby Lashley's name is. And and yeah. so there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of their top two champs that I can't remember his name. Maybe Brock Lesnar that night. Maybe Brock Lesnar two weeks ago. <laughs> no, Roman Reigns in a uh, chair beat Brock uh, Lesnar. Well, that's true. Yes. Roman Reigns. So, yeah. No, I, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it all shakes out and, and also how it does play into, uh, mania season and, and, you know, uh, speaking of other rumors to see if this stone cold stuff ends up being true. I, I, I hope it's not, I mean, if they were going to put him in the ring with anybody, I love the idea of putting him in the ring with Kevin Owens, but I'm perfectly happy with the way things ended i mean i'm not perfectly happy but i'm also perfectly happy like it's it, it you didn't have to bill that to be his final match for that to be his final match with the rock like if that was how he was going to go out that's that's a great way for him to go out it's too bad that it couldn't be billed up as you know this is stone cold's last match or a retirement match where you know whatever but it, it, it yeah i'm i'm okay with with not seeing stone cold in the ring again um so anyway, uh, that's well, about all the, still, still you know. better that it's WrestleMania in Texas instead of coming back uh, for a Saudi Arabia show. I will, I will say that. <laughs> or having your retirement ceremony in the Thunderdome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think, I think we should do book stone cold versus Shawn Michaels with Bret Hart as a special guest referee. There you go. go. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. And at the end of the match, the Undertaker pops up through the middle of the ring and drags all three of them down to the <laughs> netherworld, and they're never seen again. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want. Where's Rich Flair? I name? love all those guys. Rich oh God, Rich <laughs> he's busy. Anymore. He's busy chasing <laughs> Becky Lynch in the back. Yeah. Oh uh, man. All right. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's really all the, the the real world wrestling stuff that uh, I, I thought we would touch upon. I, I felt like uh, it was it was big enough news to certainly talk about. Um, so I, I say let's just get to the main event unless there's anything else. Todd, do you have anything else before we hop on over here to the promoter spotlight? No, I think we'll cover a couple of things at the end here with Galactic yeah. updates, but I, I'd rather get the, right to the, the main event right now. All right, let's do it. So here we are with another promoter spotlight and we are joined by none other than Pete back. Pete, of course, has been a longtime fan supporter of the game, uh, has uh, created a couple of characters. I hear we'll talk about that. Uh, and uh, of course, has recently retired, maybe not retired. Who knows? We'll talk a little bit more about that from the Air Force. I do know this much is a beautiful new home, um, uh, which uh, we'll, we'll ask him about as well. But uh, we'll, let's just dive right in with the standard first question, Pete. How did you start playing the game? Uh, I'm a PWI guy. That's, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's where it all started. I mean, we've heard that I, one before. <laughs> right, yeah. heard that before. So, so what's, well, not what's funny. I actually was, was I tried to talk, I, I told this story recently, and I don't know where I told it. Um, I wanted, I, I'd been looking for to, to find a wrestling game. I started watching wrestling when I was, I don't know, five, six years old. I love it. Just absolutely love it. Thought it was great. Wanted to, to, to have something, you know, to, uh, to on my own to, to play and, you know, kind of just, you know, cut loose with, but I didn't want it to be real world wrestling. And, and there was the, you know, there was the superstars was, was the game or it was the play by mail, which I was like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> and then the other option was Phil Singer games. And, I would go to the grocery store with my, my mom um, and 
I would go to the to the magazine rack and she would go do all the the, the shopping and I'd sit there and flip through PWI and I saw the ads for for um, for superstars and for for Champions of the Galaxy um, and I just couldn't talk my mom into letting me spend the money on the game. Not that it was a lot of money. She's like, "No, we're not doing that. We're just not doing that. That's just that's not it." And so finally. Uh, like a year later, my birthday came. I got some money for my birthday, and I just said, "I'm buying this game." And I went and got a got a money order from the post office and sent it off to Phil Singer Games. And uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, the the envelope showed up. I I actually chuckled because my mom used to write on all of the mail. She would write the date that the mail was received. <laughs> but I was I knew this package was coming. And so I was like checking the mail. I'd get home from school. I'd go run in, check the mail and see if it was there. And it wasn't there. And then the next day it wasn't there. And it's just like, I'm just looking forward, looking forward, looking forward. And uh, I beat my mom to the mail that day. <laughs> so what that meant is that what she would normally do of putting the, the date on the mail is not on the actual envelope. And I verified that today because I went and looked at the original envelope that I got because I still have it. Um, and the date's not there, but I do know it's like October 1987 ish. That's when I ordered it because that's when my birthday is, and that's when when I when I got the money. So it was October November 1987 when I when I got the game. Um, but had I waited like you know half an hour to get home, um, I would know the exact date that that it showed up because it would have been on the envelope because my mom would have written it down. I am sure that one of the other editions that I bought before I, I left the house before I moved out and, and, and joined the Air Force has the actual day, but I didn't didn't go look that one up. But my mom literally uh, did that. So I would have known the exact date uh, that I got it. But alas, I was too impatient. <laughs> the, uh, the funny thing is that I do know that it was a Friday that it showed up. It was a Friday that it showed up. And I know that because I had to take the SAT the next day. Oh, and wow. I spent the whole night that I got it up way too late playing Phil Singer games, uh, Champions <laughs> of the Galaxy, reading that handbook running matches, doing cards. And um, the next day, I, I, I remember walking into the SATs, tired as all get out. And um, one of my buddies who I had told that I had bought the game, I said, hey, that game showed up last night. And, uh, and I was up way too late playing. I said, but it's in the car. So when we're done taking the test, we can go check it out. And, uh, and we can go do whatever, and, 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 and you can see it. And so, uh, so I remember that it was a Friday because the SATs always happened on Saturdays when, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and my SATs did not suffer. I still scored right around where I thought I was going to score. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, let me ask uh, you yeah. a different question, Pete. How, how many sure. new friends did you make as a result of taking the SATs that day? Uh, none. <laughs> okay, so I think it's case closed. You know, those your games win. Oh yeah, those your games won. So yes, by by far. So um, it, taking the SATs that day solidified the fact that I knew I was not going to be going to college much longer, uh, and that that another another path <laughs> awaited for me. So yes. Oh, uh, so <laughs> you 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 had said that uh, you've been a wrestling fan since you were like five or six years old. What are some of your yes. earliest memories about wrestling? So really, you know. I grew up in LA, uh, just outside of Los Angeles. And, um, uh, what I would do is, is we, you know, we had the old, you had to turn the dials, but I would, would get to the UHF channels and the UHF channels back in, in Southern California had, had the Mexican programming on it, the Mexican language programming. And they had Lucha on all the time. Mm. 
I couldn't tell you who, who was doing what, who it was. They were probably some of the, some of the greatest people that I've ever seen. It was probably like <laughs> Santos and Mil Mascaris when they were young. I didn't know. I couldn't understand the damn thing. Um, but I loved it. I thought just the, the, the action that they were doing, the, the, uh, um, just, uh, it, it was spectacular. The, the, you know, the moves, the athleticism. And so I would literally just sit there and watch these guys. And my mom and dad would walk by and go, what the hell are you watching? Why are you watching it in Spanish? Because this is the only place it's on. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I was like five, six years old watching this stuff. You know, once I learned how to, how to turn the TV to that, to those channels, that's, that's all it took. Um, it, when, um, when Lucha Underground hit, I'm telling you, I was like taken back to being a five-year-old kid. I was like, this is the exact same stuff. Um, that, I mean, I was in love with Lucha Underground when it, when it first came out. I was like, this is fantastic. Um, because I hadn't seen anything like that in, in a long, long time. Yeah. But, what a cool experience. And then, yeah. And then, you know, of course, the, the, the WWE with its nationwide programming. Um, I, I think one of the earliest things that I saw was, you know, had to be the Morocco and Snuka type stuff mm. um, that was with, making its way around the, the, uh, uh, the Wild Samoans against Tony Atlas and, and Rocky Johnson. So w- when, when those things started making their, their, uh, uh, their, their rounds on, on the syndicated shows, um, and of course, Hulk, Hulk Mania, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it happened soon thereafter. Um, and so that was, uh, 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 that was what it was. I was probably, that was like late, when was that? Eighties. So I was in, in, you know, young, young kid, teenager, just about to be a teenager when all that started happening. So would watch wrestling at nine o'clock and then at 10 o'clock came on, uh, uh, the roller, ro- uh, roller derby with the LA T-Birds. <laughs> nice. Ralphie nice. D, little Ralphie V and, uh, skinny mini Gwen Miller. <laughs> uh, yeah. all i can think of with roller derby shows my age is roller derby and wrestling uh was the failed experiment that tnn tried to do with oh, ecw yeah. <laughs> like have ecw be the lead into roller derby it's like oh god um you know it, it that i mean i to me that's just such a fascinating experience getting to watch the the lucha stuff young and see that before you know the more kind of american style and i i think especially being young it, it's like watching superheroes right mm-hmm. like it's like you know it's like it watching these comic book characters come to life um and uh i i i, I don't know to, to think about the parallels then of, of yeah watching lucha underground later and just seeing the way that uh you know that they told stories uh, which is very very different even now from the way that other companies are, are telling stories uh, uh, and certainly I, I think that the types of matches that they were willing to put on on television uh, I, I in a way I kind of feel like almost liberated the scene for AEW to come in and do some of the matches they've been doing like yeah. you even just look at you know last week uh, with um, Hangman Page and uh, Lance Archer like I, a match like that on a national TV like mm-hmm. that wasn't going to happen even 10 yeah. years ago five <laughs> years ago you know so um it's funny. But I had uh, somebody I knew who they they call Lucha Underground Dark Chikara because yeah. it was basically <laughs> yeah totally the Lucha. You had the interesting involved storytelling, but it was all violence and stuff like that. The yeah. teams, like even yeah. down yeah, to the, like, the teams, teams. yeah, yeah totally like it was very very Dark Chikara. Like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, so okay, so you've been playing since 1987, um, and did you uh, have you basically kept one Fed running the whole time? Have you done like some restarts? Yeah. Yeah. No, no restart. So, um, yeah, 
I will say that I have not played religiously over the, the sure. whole time. I sure. mean, there's, there's that, right. You know, my fed right now, I'm in 21, 28, um, mainly because uh, well, a, a little bit of it is Hawaii, um, <laughs> you know, a three year tour in Hawaii. There, there are other things to do in Hawaii. The weather's really nice there. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and, and having kids, you know, um, yeah. all my kids are grownups now. And so, you know, it, it, there, there wasn't the, <laughs> The, I didn't dedicate the time. I didn't take time away from them to, to play the game. So, that, you know, if we were doing things with them, um, you know, scouts, sports, uh, you know, school for them, whatever, you know, family vacations and all that stuff. Um, although I did did make a point of trying to make sure that I, I even introduced them to the, the kids to uh, to Galacticon because they came a lot. Nice. Um, my whole family has been at least to one Galacticon. Um, not all together, but they've all at least been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, but so I have, you know, pretty much continuously played same fed. I can trace my title lineage all the way back to, to my card. Number one, um, star warrior was my first galaxy champion. Nice. Uh, the space proppers, uh, Tarek and beast rider were my first tag team champions. Wow. And yeah, it, I did both. <laughs> and they actually had my titles for like 12 cards. I was like, that is wow. insane. I didn't remember it being that long, but they did. And then, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't remember. I, I would. I was looking at it today, going, "Wow, really? Twelve cards? Wow!" Yeah. Um, I don't know. It must have been. It had to be all renegade. It, it had to be. Had yeah. To be. Right. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, my first interplanetary. It wasn't. I didn't call it interplanetary, but I called it my moon championship. Was Death Knight. Nice. Um, I, I, oh. I told this story on on Brock and Mike's character spotlight. Um, I did the whole Rio de Janeiro Rio tournament <laughs> for uh, for my moon championship where the, the handbook said, here's some champions that had, you know, the galaxy and they had the tag teams. And so I just kind of took those those guys and put them there. And I said, well, I want to have a secondary title, of course. And I just took two guys that I liked from 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 the, the thing. And I had Lord Nexus and Death Knight. And I swore to God that Lord Nexus was going to win that match. <laughs> and Death Knight won. Wow. Wow. Thus began a saga. Began, well, you know, yes, kind of. But I mean, I liked him before I put him in that match because he was, you know, when I when I saw the art, I just I fell in love with with the character. I had no idea what the what the stats on the back meant, so I started throwing dice. <laughs> um, but the art had me hooked, and, and from the get go, I was like, well, let's just put him in there, give him a chance, see what happens. I, yeah. How did he win that match? But he did. He beat Lord Nexus to to win the title. And um, it, it, did, it didn't last long. It, it did. Yeah. He, was, he was gone when they started. <laughs> <laughs> my initial, initial champ. I, uh, I, I had uh, an odd, odd experience where Executioner, because my first Galaxian champ was Lord Nexus. And Executioner beat Lord Nexus for the title in a match that I did not expect to, to go that way. And then Pulsar beat Executioner for the title. So my first three champs in my original Fed were Lord Nexus, Executioner, and Pulsar. Then Thantos beat Pulsar, and things the the universe righted Overlaced. itself after that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. But um, now that's fascinating to me that you know you you were drawn to to Death Knight. It was I mean was he your favorite character at the gate, or were there others that you were fans of? At, so uh, fans so at definitely. It, it was it was Death Knight was my my most favorite character and and, and I told this story too on on Mike and uh, uh, Brock's thing is that at the time I was I was coming into uh, I was you know as junior sophomore junior in high school 
uh, learning different uh, different avenues of, of entertainment. But one of the things that I really got into uh, was was fantasy novels, uh, mm. science fiction, fantasy type stuff. I, I love it. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's great. I'm usually within arm's reach of a book. There's one on my nightstand. You know, that that that's there. Um, and so I always have something something to read. And that's just when I was coming into stuff. And so I think that my my like of that genre. Um, kind of led me to the to the whole evil court type stuff where you had the king, the queen, and the knights. But out of the three of the, three of them, um, Death Knight just seemed the most most unique. You know, when I saw the picture, I was hooked. Sure. It was a it was the most you know it was a completely different take on on what a knight would look like. You know, in 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 kind of armor. You know, a, a different type of armor. The whole you know mask with the slits on it, and that you know the kind of the skull looking. Uh, uh, skull-looking uh, face, uh, facial features that that the mask portrayed. I, it was just that's what sold me on it. Um, my other favorite, and I don't know why, is Proteus. I just I, I like the 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 you know, hey, I'm the the just I'm I'm out here having fun. Yeah, and so um, that that kind of uh, went to it. And um, uh, Wolf, uh, you know, I don't talk about Wolf very much, but Wolf was one of the other ones. I just kind of uh, those three were the three that I gravitated for just because I, I think that, you know, Death Knight was so unique towards that, that fantasy type stuff. Wolf was just unique in himself, um, in, in what he was, you know, there was, there was, you know, just, it was, it was different and you could kind of feed into that sci-fi fantasy type thing that I liked and Proteus just cause he liked to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that. It's for someone for SoCal, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So um, when you first so you first got the game in 87 and were you, uh, you know, picking up the other sets like as they came out, were you adding to the years or did you go a while? Because I know like for me personally, I went a while before I bought like the next few years, game years. So I, I actually, because I kept getting, you know, still taking my mom to the store and doing the stuff. As soon as I saw the ad for the next, the next set. I, I sent in the, the the ad for the next. You know, by then I was just like, "Yep, yeah, I'm getting this. I, I don't have to ask my mom for nothing. I'm, I, you know, I don't have to try to talk <laughs> my mom into giving me money to buy this thing." Um, yeah, as soon as the next set uh, hit the hit the stands, I was buying. So I've been buying or been part of the the community and the the, the longevity um, since since then. Um, you know, it was it was on. Uh, you know, Invasion One, I got Invasion One. Invasion nice. Two, I got Invasion Two, and then you know. Uh, you know, continued on ever since I have bought first, first, uh, first printing of all the sets. <laughs> however, you want to say that since right, since, right. since the second set because I didn't get the first set uh, in, in first printing because my mom said no. <laughs> yeah, I you know, and and as as we have as we have learned recently, it, it is very important to, to to collectors the the difference between you know uh, the first printing or second printing and invasion yes. one, invasion two. Obviously, those sets are uh, in 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 high demand. Um, you mentioned uh, just a second ago about uh, fantasy and science fiction, so I, I just want to go down that path real quick. D- does one genre kind of edge the other one out for you, or are you like both of them equally? So no, I would say definitely it's probably more towards the fantasy. Uh, the, the fantasy side is, is more definitely more along the lines of what I like. I would take my shirt off to show all the tattoos. They're mostly from that that fantasy theme, but nice. <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, it, it is a family family talk show. Family show. Family show. Um, family show. Um, but um, it is but, an audio yeah, no. audio medium too. So <laughs> true. Yes. Um, 
but it is it's it's definitely been yeah, we're, we're not, this is not the Pete Beck experience so we don't have the <laughs> the simultaneous YouTube no but, this, but but that is however a special panel that will take place at Galacticon yeah, yeah, yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely um the uh uh so really what it goes back to and I so like I said I, I started liking to read when when I was in in you know in high school um but my mom was a librarian growing up at the, the elementary school that I went to. Oh, okay. And so always read. And I remember the first book pretty much that, that, uh, that I ever pulled out was a, a, a take on, on the Trojan War. And so from that point, you know, just kind of having that, that, you know, that, that fantasy started then there with, you know, the, the with Greek gods and, and goddesses and, and that, you know, um, uh, uh, that, that environment. So I think I always just had a, had a liking for it. Though I went to private school, so there wasn't any of this, you know, real fantasy type stuff there because, well, you know, you go to private Catholic school, they're not going to put those books in the library. Right. Um, right. So I didn't get to those until I was, you know, like I said, you know, later in, in high school when I could go buy books on my own at your local Walden books and um, and and start reading those types of stuff. But it was it, it came from that. And I, I know it stems from that. And like I said, still now, uh, it's it's fantasy. Like if you look at, at my library, which someday will be set up in the basement, um, I would say 75 percent of it is is towards that fantasy genre. What are some of your favorites? Uh, Terry Pratchett. Uh, oh, nice. Absolutely fantastic. He yeah. is great. Um, uh, Robert Jordan, they, they just came out. Yes. Amazon did the uh, the Wheel of Time. So mm-hmm. I bought the Wheel of Time before Wheel of Time was was it. I actually it's funny. The Wheel of Time first book came out when I was starting my military career. The last book came out just before I finished my military wow. career. So the whole time I was in the military, uh, the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time stories were were, were there with me. Um, Terry Goodkind. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm reading the Glenn, Glenn Cook book that, that he wrote oh. back in the, the late 80s. Um, it's uh, the black. He does a lot of dark stuff. No, no. So I've okay. read, I've read a couple of that. This one's called "The Dragon Never Sleeps." Oh, okay. Um, it's more sci-fi than it is uh, um, the 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 fantasy um, type stuff. But of course, he he intermingles both of them. Yeah. Um, uh, with, with, yeah, with ease. Um, Robert Aspen yeah, uh, is is another guy that I liked. I don't um, know him. Um, he he he's done a couple of different different things. Um, Piers Anthony, um, you know, uh, yeah, I would say that my two favorites, um, though, are uh, Terry Pratchett and Robert Jordan, nice. both of whom are no longer writing. Yeah, so I have to go yeah. find other other folks to, to, to get stuff. So, yeah. Have you had a chance to watch? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Robert Jordan, I didn't know you you actually read the Wheel of Time stuff, Pete. That's that's yes. one I had a, a, an old roommate of mine, like, was like, oh, you got to read this, you got to read this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried to read it, like, I don't know, at one point and did, like, started it, didn't finish it. And then, like, five years later, picked it up and could not so stop that, reading it. That <laughs> happened to me. What's funny is that when I first got the first book... I was reading it and I got like 20 pages into the book and I'm like, God, like the, 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 the prologue was so good. I'm like, this is fantastic. And then I started reading it and I'm like, man, something's got to happen. This just, it's just, <laughs> and I stopped reading it. I put it down for like three months, four months. And I was like, Oh, you know, I spent 30 bucks on this damn book. I got to go read the damn, this, this thing. And I finally forced myself to get And Had I read two more pages, right. I would have been hooked even sooner. It is. Yeah. It was literally just like, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) 
and no, I have not seen the show yet. I okay. know it's out there, but I have not watched the show yet. So, yeah, yeah no. I'd be interested it's to hear your take. I, I saw the first episode. I haven't watched the rest of it yet, but yeah. My son, uh, who's read all the books as well, was like, I don't know about the show. So yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. He wasn't happy with it. <laughs> Oh, we oh, have a special a guest. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he he tends to he tends to you know jump in you know every once in a while. For yeah. those of you who can't see him, which is everyone who's not on this uh, Zoom meeting, <laughs> uh, my my youngest uh, son has once again decided to uh, video bomb my co-hosts. <laughs> Frequent run-in here. Yeah, yeah, it's a, we have a lot of outside interference on this podcast. <laughs> It's good, good running to have. Yes. Um, uh, that's cool. I, I, I have a love for, for fantasy and science fiction as well. And uh, I think fantasy probably is, is, is the, the tops for me. A lot of times when it comes to sci-fi, I tend to be more kind of like the uh, you know, media tie-in stuff. Like I'll read a Star Wars book here or there if I hear it's good or you know, stuff like that. But uh, I, I, I love fantasy. Um, we had a good conversation actually uh, with Pariah about that uh, not too long ago. Um, so uh, moving away from the game and the wrestling and fantasy and all that sort of stuff, we mentioned it a few times. Uh, when did you join the Air Force? Talk a little bit about your Air Force career. So um, yeah, I, I thought it was always going to be something that I did. I, you know, my dad worked in the aircraft industry, um, you know, back when I grew up. And we were kind of always just around or we would always see stuff that was associated with planes. And I was like, that'd be so cool to be able to work in the Air Force and, and be around planes and um, and so it late in high school, I kind of knew that college wasn't the route that I was going to be going. Um, I did try it for a year, but then I was like, yeah, this just is not, not, not happening. I need to go do something else. And so, um, I joined the air force in, uh, 1989. Uh, I spent Thanksgiving with my family. And then a week later I went to, to basic training. I was at basic training over Christmas, uh, in 1989. And then, um, I spent the next, Oh, almost 31 years uh, <laughs> bouncing around the uh, bouncing around the globe, um, uh, both on the enlisted side. So, you know, I, I did my I did 12 years as an enlisted guy. And then I went to officer training school um, after I finished my degree while I was in. I realized that, yeah, I can go to college and it, it actually does work now. I, I realized that. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> And uh, and, I, and I went to officer training school in in, the, in 2001, and then I spent the next close to 20 years as an officer um, before I retired here in 2000, uh, 2020. Wow, and, wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, 13, I think we counted it up. Um, well, yeah, it, I, there was 13 or 14 different assignments. Um, I think 40 some odd ho different houses, you know, moves or just, you know, different locations that we lived, um, uh, you know, Europe, uh, spent time in Europe, spent time in Alaska, uh, all over the United States, all, almost all four corners. We never really got down into the Southwest, but we did Colorado, um, but North, uh, Northeast, um, you know, Northwest, uh, and Hawaii got to spend some time in Hawaii and then everything culminated here in, in the, uh, in, in the Maryland area, just outside of DC. So, and that's where we have, have settled, but yeah, it was a, a great time. I was actually a, a computer guy for the air force. So that whole sci-fi type stuff, you know, blended just perfectly well with what I was doing. <laughs> I kind of figured, you know, that's what it was. But, um, and when I was an officer, kind of, you know, just the, the same type of stuff, you know, working the now we call it cyber, uh, but, but computers and communication systems and cyber systems and, and all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a fantastic time. Had a blast, an absolute blast. 
Oh, that's very so, cool. That's very, very do you cool. have a count on how many states you've lived in? Have I ever counted? I mean, I could run through the states really fast. I mean, the first assignment was Germany. Uh, after basic training in tech school, was Germany, Alaska, uh, upstate New York, uh, New York State. Um, then I went to uh, Mississippi. After Mississippi is where I got my commission. So I, I actually went to training school again in Alabama. Um, and then we went to Montana. Uh, after Montana was Colorado. Colorado back to Mississippi, Mississippi to Hawaii, Hawaii to Illinois, Illinois to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania to Maryland. So 12, 12 different, different places nice. over wow. 30 nice. years. So. Te- te- technically two countries and 10 states. Cause you did two states, yes. you know, one yes. state twice. So right, right, yes. 10 states. Mm-hmm. So 20% yeah. of the union you managed to reside in. Yep. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, I, I mean, obviously you mentioned Hawaii earlier, but did you have a, a favorite place? You know, not even necessarily the place, but maybe what you were doing there as well. Did you have like one place that really stood out to you? So Hawaii was fantastic. I won't lie. I wanted to go to Hawaii my whole career. That, that was just, you know, that was the, the you know, it, as a kid growing up in LA, Hawaii's right there. And just thinking, yeah, this is, this is what it is. You know, this is the, the other beach. And so I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Hawaii was fantastic, but I won't lie. My absolute favorite assignment out of all of them um, by location was my first one where I was at in Germany. Um, we were at this, this, we were about a hundred, hundred kilometers. So what, 80 miles outside of Munich. Um, we were a very small base. There was only about a hundred of us that were stationed at this site. If you didn't know that there were Americans there, you would have never known. Most of us lived on the German economy. And so, uh, it's where I met my wife. Wow, um, wow. um, but, um, it was, it was a fantastic place. People, we, we would go on a Tuesday night to a club about 40 miles away um, that people would spend their whole career, the whole time they were in Europe, trying to get to that town just for a one week vacation. Because that was like, <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like a resort town and we were 40 minutes away from it. So we were like, yeah, this is, this is great. It was, it was a fantastic assignment. Um, but uh, yeah, Germany was probably my absolute favorite for location. Um, my favorite job was when I was in Pennsylvania, when I was a unit commander. Uh, being a commander is, is the, just the, that is the absolute uh, greatest honor you can have being in being an officer in the military is being in, in uh, a unit commander uh, where, where you can you actually have a lot of impact on uh, on your airmen's lives, the, 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 the way that they're able to do things, their careers and, and kind of the, the mentoring and, and, and watching them grow. And, and you have, I don't want to say freedom, but you have a lot of freedom to kind of make an impact on how the, the mission that you guys are, are, are assigned to do can happen. And uh, I took my unit from being 20, 22nd, 23rd in the nation, as far as recruiting went into the top 10. Wow. Uh, in the in the time that I was there, so um, when 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 you when you see success like that, um, that that means you kind of we're doing something right. And so and and my people, the, the the folks that work for me, will will still say that. A lot of them say that. Uh, the last three guys that have been there since then, they're like, we don't know what these guys are doing. We we want you back. Like, well, you know that's not going to happen because I'm not even in the Air Force anymore. Um, but um, but yeah, I had a, had a blast. It was in. Wasn't okay. that group nicknamed uh, the Wolf? The Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack. Yes. Wolf yeah. pack. Yep. See, so that that's an easy tattoo to get to. So there's that's where's <laughs> that? There, there. Oh, that's yeah. my Wolf Pack. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. So, but yeah, it's right outside of Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh is where uh, where we were stationed. 
Um, but we had recruiting responsibilities from Harrisburg, about three quarters of the state of, of uh, Western Pennsylvania, wow. down into Maryland, uh, up to Cleveland, and down into West Virginia um, and Morgantown area. So we had a, a pretty good, pretty good area of recruiting space that we did, um, and I had about 120 people that were in the unit uh, doing the recruiting for, for that area. It was it was a blast. It was a great time. So oh, that's very very by far cool. the, the best assignment that, that I had. Well, thank thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I, I've always been interested, and I didn't know uh, a whole lot. I you know gleaned a little bit here and there, but uh, it's it's fascinating to to hear about. Um, and then, so you've been you've been retired now for almost two years, right? Almost two years, yep. So yeah. I retired in September of 2020. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, you know, uh, 18 months now, um, and just kind of took about three or four months off <laughs> and then uh um went back into the workforce I, I now work for a civilian contract company that that contracts out to the government uh, to the military uh kind of doing some of the stuff that i was doing before so um nice. you know this is the area to do that so there, there's, oh, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of folks in this uh baltimore dc uh virginia area that that are in the same boat as i am they they, they come here for their last assignment and then they get hired on as a civilian contractor <laughs> or civilian employee and we stay for forever but um yeah that's so while i'm retired i am not retired retired is what i say someday i'll get to do that um you know but i'm way too young um i i still feel like i can i can put some put some worth into what it is that i do and still support the military and 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 the the guys that are out there doing the, the hard stuff like i used to um but they uh they're out there serving and now i'm i'm kind of on the support role back here make sure that they have the, the tools and the capabilities they need to succeed in doing what it is that they do Nice. Uh, that sounds very, very cool. Um, well, I, 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 again, I mean, it's something that I always wanted to know more about. Um, and, and I appreciate you sharing and, and certainly, you know, obviously it, it goes without saying, but I'll say, you know, thank you for your service. Um, the, you know, the game, obviously I, I imagine you were playing it while you were, you know, yeah. on assignment. Why it's like, that was something that came with you, right? <laughs> yes. Everywhere I went. Yeah. I have played the game all over the world. So yes. Um, how did you, how did you make time for it? Like what would you tell me what your process was? <laughs> so, you know, the military is kind of like a regular job. Just sometimes you kind of have to go do other stuff. <laughs> so when, when, when I was working the regular part of it, you know, when just at the home stations, I, you know, I lived in a dorm, I had, had a dorm room, you know, sometimes had a roommate, sometimes I didn't, uh, we call them dormitories, barracks, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so, um, you know, just downtime, you know, whenever you were, you weren't on duty, you just, you'd had it. Sometimes you would take it when you were on duty. If you knew you were going to be working 12, 14 hour shifts, I had a backpack, all my stuff would go in my backpack. I'd carry it with me to work. If we had a slow time and one of those things, I'd pull out the cards and then throw the dice for, you know, for a little bit till someone walked in and said, put that stuff away. We got a job to do. Throw it all away. <laughs> go do what we had to do. Um, you know, there's times when you're doing exercises in the military exercise where there's literally nothing happening at two o'clock in the morning because the people running the exercise don't want to be out at 2 a.m. Because um, they're sleeping while you're staying up watching. Um, and it's just so quiet that, you know, it, it, it lends itself to you need to be awake. What better thing to do than, than, than throw the dice. Right. So, um, that was when I was a younger airman. As I got old, you know, later on, it was, you know, uh, that just it never happened at work. 
everybody knew I played the game. Right? So all, all my friends and all the people that, that, that I was stationed with, they, they knew about it because I would talk about it. Um, but it just, it wasn't something that I, that I would take, to, take to work with me. Um, yeah. heck, I had Wolf because I have the, the, the Wolf doll. Mm-hmm. Um, he sat in my office when I was in Pennsylvania because we were the Wolf pack. And so I had him in my office. And That's everybody, awesome. The, yeah. So, yeah. So no, they would ask, like, oh, now, I, now I can tell you. So <laughs> did you ever, did you ever get anyone to play the game? Like, did you ever get anyone into it? Did anybody buy like a set off so, of what you told them about? At, at my first two assignments, I actually bought the the game, the original set for someone else. So like when I, I introduced them to it and nice. then when I was getting ready to leave to make sure that they had a copy of it, I, I bought a copy and gave it to him and said, here's my, di- my, my, my departure gift for you. And so there were a couple of items. I'm sure neither one of them, you know, still has it. Oh, they might, I don't know. Sure. Um, but they, you know, neither one is active. Like, if, and if I say something about it, they do kind of go, you still do that? I'm like, yeah, I still do that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, did you have, did you have any favorite like game eras, like, you know, any particular years or a run of years that st- stood out to you? War games. I just, I love the war games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole, the whole time was to, to me, that was just the, the growth of the, the Federation after, you know, the initial growth of the Federation, but bringing in some of the, the, the major, the major players, um, and having that, uh, uh, you know, the, the definite of, there's here's your factions and now we're going to go against people and you're going to have to, to kind of keep a score. And then yeah. that kind of like that, because I was, a, a you know, in, in keeping score to me was, was always something to do. Cause I'm, a, you know, a, a sports guy and, and I like that too. So uh, the war games and, and the, the point of, Hey, these matches have this, this kind of what's going on with it. And you can kind of see that over time, kind of like a season type of thing yeah. to, uh, uh, to do it. But the war games, uh, the characters that came out, you know, the whole Matador leading to chaos, leading to Alpha Force. Um, yeah, that 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 growth and that time period, um, they were my favorites. That that was definitely the, the the favorite time that I had. Yeah, it was it was definitely an incredible time. One of my favorites too. It's funny. I, I as I asked the question, that's uh, the, the period I was thinking of. Not that I thought that that's what you were going to say, but that was the period <laughs> that popped into my head. Um, so uh, any, uh, any like favorite storylines or, or champions or anything like that in your fed, not necessarily even like official stuff, but just stuff that, that happened in your fed. Um, so I, for somehow, and, and I think it's probably because I, I, not that I like the, the, the bad guys that have the DQ ratings, but, um, <laughs> Uh, I had, I've had multiples, you would call them, uh, reigns of terror, championship reigns of terror where, where the dude that's not supposed to get a title because he's got a super high pin, but has an incredibly high, uh, a DQ rate gets the title mm-hmm. and just gets DQ'd for everything. And then the first time that was the doomsday creature. He just, <laughs> he held my title for like a year. Wow. You know, could, he just, he didn't even care. You know, it's like, uh, there's a bounce. Someone just throws it at him. He just, you know, swings it around and, and runs off with it. Um, but would just, <laughs> just DQ absolutely everything. And, and the, uh, the original sheet was the same way. The original mm-hmm. draconian sheet mm-hmm. had the, had the same kind of title reign for him, um, where he just, just didn't care. I don't even think he knew that he was a champion. Neither one probably knew they were the champion. <laughs> but because they had a belt and they were, they just did it. And so my Fed has 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 unique things along those lines where where guys would just get a belt and, and hold on to it for forever um, because. 
they would just get DQ'd. And, and it wasn't a bad thing. It was just unique because that's what, what their characters were. Right. Um, um, but, um, you know, and, and of course I would try to set them up to lose and they just, yeah, they were like, yeah, screw you. We're, we're going to keep getting DQ'd. Right. right. I'm not going to lose a match. And, and it just, it, those are the kind of things that stand out to me. I, I remember those from, from the time, uh, that I was there. Um, what I used to do when I first started is I would kind of like run my fed on an annual basis. So like every year I would get to, to work perennial time frame, mm-hmm. and I would stop and then I would hold the tournament there you go, tournament master. Hey. To start off the new year, every year I still do a tournament New Year's, but I don't. I don't do this this part. Um, but I used to like crown the winner of that tournament, the new champion. So like oh, you wow. would try to get to the end of the year as the champ, you would be considered the champion at the end of the year, and then try to win it back, or have to go through this gauntlet of a tournament to try to win it back, or it would bring somebody new in to 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 be the champion. It would mix all the championship type stuff up. So. Um, but everybody was always in the tournaments and I got some like weird, weird, you know, outcomes from those battering Ram won his inaugural oh, tournament. Man. He walked in and won, just won the whole thing. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that he was going to be that good, but he did. Uh, he didn't hold it very long, but yeah, you know, like battering Ram, I think was the only guy that ever walked in and won the tournament in his rookie rookie uh, shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but like spike, I remember putting spike through like four different rounds of, of the tournament. Like one year I made it this quadruple elimination type of thing. And spike was the one who came out and, and I kind of, he was the champ at the end of the year. And he's like, well, I was champ last. So I need to make sure I'm champ again. And it just played out where he got like the last, you know, win into the, to the final four of the, 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 the quadruple elimination type stuff to, to make it back to, to win the tournament. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I still do that every year. I still have the, the annual tournaments or my, my new year's tournaments is what I call them perennial tournaments. Um, although now the champion doesn't lose the championship, the winners get a, get a shot at the, at the titles or the title of their, their choosing sure. um, or whatever fits, fits that team. So, um, but, um, so those are kind of some of the, uh, you know, the, just the, the, the things that stand out, um, are, you know, it is it, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, bootlegs, um, in, in, in <laughs> sure. particular, a little, little death night Two action here. Uh, was, when did you start like the process of saying like, Oh, create my own card. I can, you know, do my own thing here. So, you know, really, I, I didn't do a whole lot of bootlegs when I first started playing. I, I, I remember distinctly writing a message, a, a, a letter to Tom um, saying, I had a whole bunch of guys get injured. You need to create some more of these guys. Because <laughs> if you look at the original rules, if you got injured, you were out number of cards. You didn't, we didn't have the, Hey, you're just, you know, scaled back where we now have the, the injury chart where, you know, you can still wrestle, but you're, you're taking some of the abilities away. And I wasn't smart enough to try to figure any of that stuff out on my own. <laughs> um, so, you know, like there was at one point, I think I was having like cards that had like three or four matches on them because 90% of the roster was hurt with the old funky, you know, injury rules that, that, that used to come. And so I remember writing that and then soon, well, I know time was already, was, was already planning them, but more wrestlers started showing up, but I never, never, ever really made my own cards until I saw Kuma, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I saw Kuma the ninja, uh, which I did, I didn't go to the, to the glass town where he was, he was passed out. I actually got him, uh, as part of, <laughs> of getting, the cassette tape that Mark Ashby put out that had this, <laughs> oh, the, the original sounds of the, the, the GWF. And so he sent in the package along with that, a copy of Akuma. Um, 
And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And so that's kind of when I started thinking maybe it'd be neat to do something. And um, uh, and uh, my creative things just started, you know, creative juices started flowing. And by that time, Death Knight had gone away. You know, he had transitioned into being um, Death Mask and mm-hmm. Death Mask into Enigma. Are we sure it's even the same guy? It's probably not. Um <laughs> Uh, and, um, and so I was like, you know, that was my favorite guy. I got to do something. Um, I will say that probably like the Villanos, cause there were like 50 billion Villanos and, yeah. um, they, they were kind of popular at that time as well. Um, cause they were, they were getting some time on WCW. Um, I was like, you know what? There's just gotta be a line of death nights. Yeah. <laughs> and so, makes sense. um, so I, I started doing it and yeah, you know, it, that, that's where it came from. And, um, uh, you know, the art's done by Randy Bugdale, who did all the NGO art. Yep. Um, the, uh, the, the, the stats, I kind of, I, you know, I went back and forth with Chad to, 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 to get them to a point where, where we were done. I think the original time, the original card was released in either 1999 or 2000, I think is when it was. It was in that time frame. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and it was when all the NGO t- type stuff was going because a lot of folks thought that he was part of the NGO, including Randy Bugdale. Who actually drew the, if, so if you look at the, the, the Death Knight 2, the, the card, there's a little crown that's on his forehead on the skull. Yeah. There is a version of a picture that I have in soft copy that has NGO in that crown instead of the lines <laughs> because Randy thought he was one of the NGO characters and they're like, no, 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 he's not. And so he had to adjust the, the, the art on it for the final version to take it from having NGO to just having this little crown looking thing that's in his forehead, which is kind of cool. It's just, you know, it's just yeah, it's wild. A, a different, different little tidbit of, of knowledge about the guy, but I do have a soft copy of that, that, that does show the, the NGO inside there. So I know that it actually did happen, but the final no kidding hard copy version um, that I have framed and will be hanging someplace in, in the new house. Um, has just the, the 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 lines drawn there, so you can't tell it. It's what everybody has has come to see as the, the final version of Death Knight. And really, he was he was an ode to uh, to my favorite character from from when we first started playing. I mean, literally, I started playing at that time. It was about fifteen years into it, and uh, and I was like, well, if I'm gonna make a card, I'm gonna gonna do one for somebody that I like. Yeah. And um, and it was it was that. And the other influence was Colossus. So the, if you look at the, the, the hand, the, the cyber, cybernetic hand, which was completely all on Randy, I just said, hey, you need to do some kind of robotics on the hand. And he drew that. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, so I had to actually add part of the story to it after I saw the art because of, of what Randy had drawn with, with putting that gauntlet, the electronic, you know, futuristic, you know, um, um, glove that he put on him. Um, uh, and, um, but those were the kind of the two, the two guys that, that, that he was modeled after. Cause I really, I liked the, the Colossus feel of this is the, the that's the sci-fi, uh, part of, of what I liked, uh, about it. So. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I, uh, I, I mentioned this not too long ago because of course y- y- Oh yes, I'm sorry. There's a hand being raised in the classroom. No, I think they're, I think they're, they're telling you that we're probably running long. <laughs> Well, we are running long, but I, I, I think it's very important that, you know, I mean, and I don't mean to, to slight Death Knight 2 at all, because he's obviously iconic and everybody always asks you about Death Knight 2, Pete. But the I want to ask you, you came to this show, we need to ask you some harder hitting questions about your character. Okay. And, and one that's near and dear to my part is, could you tell us a little bit about Mangrove 25? 
Ah, sure. So <laughs> um, that is the uh, the kings of the swamp. They are uh, crocodile and oh, Jesus Christ, um, alligator. That's it. So um, alligator is actually <laughs> um, my oldest son had a stuffed animal of an alligator. No lie, <laughs> that's where he came from. He saw me playing the game and said, "You need to make a character out of alligators." And so that's that's how he came to be. Um, and I was like, well, I've already done a singles guy. I need to do a, a do a tag team. Um, and they were about that time, about, you know, the, the the same time. So my son would have been eight or nine years old when, when that happened. Um, and it was just, hey, um, the story was was based on the fact of of going to find somebody that would go challenge the gladiators because these guys were were, were from a species that was, you know, any man is where they weren't afraid of of going up against the, the gladiators and so they uh uh they were there um uh they were a blast actually ed davis the third who's kind of come back you know to a little bit of the community he 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 did the art for them um i had met him at one of the galacticons uh and so i asked him hey can you draw this if you drew the first version of alligator there which is different than the one that ended up on the card um <laughs> Uh, but, um, and then he, he drew the, the crocodile as well. Um, you know, did the power and the, and the agility guy, um, that, that kind of gelled together, you know, the, the whole tag type thing and, uh, their finisher, uh, which is called twisting tails is, um, uh, uh, Kronos and, oh, what's his name? Uh, Perry Saturn's, uh, high kick, low sweep. That's total, uh, total, elimination. total elimination. Total yeah. elimination. Uh, that to me was the most devastating move that I had ever seen a tag team do at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'm taking that and, and we're going to, going to put it in. Um, and, uh, that, that team actually led Mike to creating Cayman, um, for the, uh, um, uh, original, uh, for the, which for, for the early, early classics. classics, early classics. So yeah. Cayman is actually of the same race, um, uh, of those, those guys from, from Mangrove 25, which is this, it is an actual planet. It does exist. Um, but, um, uh, it, you know, it's from a swamp type planet where alligators and crocodiles and caimans or re- reptiles like that would, would be the dominant species. Well, I, yeah, I just remember fantastic. seeing th- th- those at Galacticon and I, I have them in a box, uh, in, in the closet. Uh, but, uh, it's, to me, it's one of those neat little stories that they inspired me because I wanted, they didn't want to have any men come in because that was a big deal when they came in in the invasion set. So I want, but I wanted some characters like that. And I saw yours and I was like, okay, this is great. I don't ruin the Man story. And yet I can have something that's sort of animal like and not ruin, you know, what Tom had already written kind of thing. Yeah. So, and yeah, there was, I had no, no intention of trying to make them Man like, like an Man. I was like, my son literally came and said, Alligator character. <laughs> I was like, yep, okay. And and uh, but you know, of course, if you're a tag team, you're gonna go after the after the, the biggest, baddest guys in the block. And oh, yeah, it was always the, the gladiator. So they were they were, you know, not afraid to go after the biggest, baddest guys on the block and and, and I had a lot of fun um uh, uh coming up with some of the stuff. And yeah, if you ever read the the, the back of the stats, there's a whole lot of <laughs> Uh, that's know. not important, Pete. We don't need to tell. Nobody no. else can see that, right? I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, those, they're out. I'm telling you, they were those, perfect. Those cards, they were actually some... great. They should be a collector's item. That they were an example of ah, how to write a bootleg ah, card. Yeah. I think people still, you know, just marvel at them to this day. 
the the names of stuff that I came up with and it's kind of like the descriptions of stuff. I was just like, wow, where did I, you know, what was I thinking? But it's actually <laughs> kind of neat when you think about it in association with alligators and crocodiles because it's how they are in, in nature, but just kind of brought into to, to being a, a bootleg character. So, yeah. But, yeah. There's, there's one more character that you created, Pete, and that was part of the, um, uh, when we were doing our fundraising on Kickstarter, Mm-hmm. Uh, for the CGG live event, and you uh, created a character as part of that. Go ahead, tell us a little bit about that one. So, so that guy, um, he's he's a mix of Soldier Old Fortune and who did I say? I can't remember who the other one was. I said, hey, you know, make this a, like a Soldier Fortunist type guy, but but just sprinkle in some of this other thing because they're both kind of military type so there's this guy that's floating out there that's got like a car named major pete beck or something like that earth defense forces (laughs) and uh the comment i get most times is like holy crap this guy is good and i said i didn't make the stats for that one todd did (laughs) Uh, and and that's the truth todd made the stats for that but um um you know i just (laughs) i thought it would be just absolutely hilarious to see warner put put me on a on the front of a card and kind of just do something just to 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 have a little bit of fun um, yeah. yeah, don't you know it was a donation to the to the live event, which I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to because I was in Hawaii. Um, but um, it, you know, it was it was worth it, well worth it. And um, I think there's still some copies of that guy floating around someplace. So if you don't have one, I still got a couple of them. Okay, uh, cool. but if you buy the live, if you buy the live DVD, do they still DVD? Do they still get them? No, that was just if you were no. a Kickstarter so, uh, uh, okay, contributor. So, yeah, well. you still have the most. Now that you've said that, expect uh, you, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Barry is definitely Barry's going to be jumping all <laughs> over. That. You know, <laughs> it's going to you know. <laughs> blow up your your uh, message board mailbox now. Yeah, I, I've got a couple copies of him left that, that I do. So yes, I don't, I, I do not believe I have any copies of, uh, of, uh, the, the, the Kings of the Swamp. I'm sure I don't. Um, there, there's probably like one or two really bad photocopies of, of, uh, of Death Knight 2 that I've got on cardstock that I, I just, I don't even want to send out to anybody just because they're, <laughs> they're bad photocopies. Um, and that, that's really, well, you know, and then the only other guy that I did, I did have Warner draw um, uh, or do a manager Death Knight where Death Knight came back as a manager. Yeah. And he's got some funky stuff where like, you know, his, his, he's still, he's getting really old and the robotic parts are really affecting him now. So he may interfere. He may not interfere. He wants to interfere, but is you know, he just can't cause he's broke. Um, uh, and so there's, I, I might have like one or two copies of that, that card laying around someplace too, but, um, uh, but you I might have to do like an, a death night anniversary pack or something maybe. for all these guys. I know a guy who could print them, Pete. Yeah, so <laughs> <do I. Yeah. laughs> um, there is a, a death night two was actually way back when, when COTG online started, he was one of the special giveaways for, for one of the the I can't remember what what it specifically was, but yeah, their yeah. Death Knight Two was on on COTG online. Yeah. And Death Knight Three was in one of the Death Knight Three was in one of the yeah yeah was 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 in one of those as well yep. So and that's kind of where the the lineage stopped one two and three who are one two and three they're they're right there yeah. I don't know if we need a four if we, you have room on your arm for a four. So with, because Tom brought another one out now I now have to figure out how to get the the, the latest that's one true. included into that. So but um but I haven't haven't figured that quite out yet. So but the guy who did the tattoos loved it. He thought it was he, he when when he put it on he's like 
these are so cool. He said, <laughs> what are these? <laughs> so I had to explain everything to him. And then uh, afterwards he goes, so, cause I did it. And then I had it at, at uh, you know, I think I showed everybody when I got it done. He's like, so what do all your buddies think of that, that played a game? I said, oh, they think it's awesome. <laughs> so, but yes. Well, and, and of course, you know, it doesn't necessarily end there because then uh, obviously we've got our FTR uh, sets and uh, Astarte is a character that that you uh, came up with. Uh, talk a little bit about that one. So, yeah, so Astarte, um, not that I, you know, have any affinity for uh, for Doomsayer because I don't. Um, I just thought it was kind of a neat story that kind of, there was there was something left to tell in in that story. Um, of Astarte, the actual character, the, the body that 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 Doomsayer stole to use, um, and so when um, you know, what, what I tell people is that hey, you know, that when, when we have the contests, one of the things that I, I think that Tom likes is that if something's already in the game that could be expanded upon, kind of look at that, find something that that's obscure that's in the the original thing, and then just kind of expand on that, kind of like in, uh, the GWF alternate universe type stuff, and 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 go with that. And so when I created that, or when I came up with the idea to put put him in as a as a, a nominee for it, it was based on saying, you know, there's a story here that can be told about this character who was was one heck of a wrestler. You know, he he had abilities, um, but didn't get to prove anything. Astarte's dad, that is, the, the original body that that Doomsayer stole. Um, that what the heck ever happened to him? You know, they 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 told Doomsday you had to give the body back, and that's the end of this guy. It's got to be more than that. And so, um, then that's kind of where where the where the story story picked up was you know that that yeah the dad just went away you know was kind of embarrassed at everything that had happened, and the son wanted to get you know to show everybody that hey yeah my family is really actually good at this, and you know wanted to come in and show. Uh, you know, just what Doomsayer knew by stealing his dad's body was that my dad was a great talent and had had the the, the physical capabilities to do it, and uh, just needed the break. And so uh, that's where where Starte rolls in, and um, he's gotten better. We'll, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And, and yeah, he's he's gotten good. Um, and uh, you know, at least one other promoter. Hey Butcher, we've we've had some <laughs> some major fun going back and forth between our our two characters and in, in that and and you know and, and Butcher actually I think I'm the star in Butcher's FTR fed um you know sit I got ringside seats at every show it's it's fantastic nice. uh, yeah. me not not the start day but me right yeah so um, and I'm okay. like I just I make appearances all the time and somehow I'm always crying too at the end of the the, the night because oh. of all the stuff that, that that goes good. It's good tears, just not. Bad oh, okay. Tears. Happy tears. So happy far, tears. so far, happy tears. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously, we could keep we could keep talking all night, but uh, in the interest of our listeners' ears and, and Mike's <laughs> bedtime, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go home soon. But before we do, I did want to throw out one more question, and that was about Galacticon, um, because uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you haven't been at every Galacticon. But you've been at most of them. I've been, at, I've been to a lot, so yes. <laughs> so, what was what was your first Galacticon? So, um, it was 1994. Um, um, so, I had I had lived in Germany until uh, I left Germany. Um, uh, my assignment there in '92. Um, in '93, I spent the year up in uh, Alaska, and then I moved to upstate New York. And so when I was living in New York, I was five, six hours away from, from Jamestown and told the wife, we're going here for, 
for the weekend. And um, my best friend from back in California, who I'd actually played with when, when we were younger, before I came in, uh, they had planned to come up to, to New York. And I said, why don't you come up this time and we'll go make a trip of it up in Niagara and do all that stuff. And so they did. They traveled out to Jamestown, New York. We went to the con that first weekend. And that was the first time I went to, to Galacticon. It was at the Shelvin House, uh, 1994. Um, and uh, I think I had a stream going from 94 through like 2001. Um, I went every year during that, that stretch um, until I went to officer training school. Um, well, actually, I went the year that I went to officer training school. When we moved to Montana, that was the first year that I didn't go for a couple of years because it was kind of hard to get get there from Montana. Mm. Um, and so um, and then I uh, went a couple of years without going. Um, and then um, uh, I went a few years after we moved up to Colorado, jumped on the plane a couple of times to go back up to, to, to do it then. Um, and then when we moved back to Mississippi, um, uh, it was it was kind of easy to go one year uh, um, before I started doing all kinds of summer training type stuff that that I did with Todd. He was my proxy at all the auctions. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, um, and then um, I think when we moved uh, to Hawaii, you know, I used Todd again as a proxy. It was really odd for the time. I was like up really really early in the morning because of, of the time difference, but it was okay. Um, and uh, and then um, I think I made the return. I didn't go to uh, to Geek Fest. I went the next year is is when I came back, and I've and I've been ever since. Was was that year after Geek Fest? Oh, that's right. You came with your daughter for that one. Yeah. yeah. So I came with Lauren when we were in Philly, um, and um, and then yeah, I've been going every year since since then, and have plans to to go this summer as well, provided. No, you know, nothing goes crazy with work, but, um, the first couple of years, um, well, the first year, my wife and, and my youngest came, my son was, was just a little, like, you know, less than a year old, two years old. <laughs> um, and then, um, it was just me for a couple of years. And then the boys started coming when they were four and five years old. And so the boys would, we were making us, uh, uh, you know, a road trip, just the, the three of us, we'd go up, we'd spend, uh, a week on the road, um, camp out in hotels, um, or in an actual camp campsite and then go to, go to G-Con for a couple of days, go get ice cream at scoops. Um, you'd hit Kings Island on the way. I remember Island, that was the big thing. Cincinnati. Uh, we'd stop in Cincinnati, go to Kings Island. I had friends that lived in Cincy. So we'd stop and see them. Um, and then, um, the boys just, we got to a point where I can't remember what it was. I think the last year they didn't come with me because we flew up or I flew up, um, because I was getting ready to go to officer school. And I was like, yeah, I just, it's, it, there was other stuff going on and they were not, not as enthused about making the road trip, even though they wanted that they're like, we going to Kings Island like, if you guys want to, like, ah, no. <laughs> so, but, um, um, yeah, you know, it was for, for me and the boys, it was, you know, at least from my, my viewpoint, it was a chance to, uh, you know, spend some time with them, doing some of the stuff that I would love, get some time in the car with them, let them see different parts of the country, you know, drive through. And and, and uh, um, they would be reading in the back or playing their Game Boys because they had all that stuff. Um, and uh, um, they they did. They would come back and they would actually play the game with all the cards that they would get in the back seat of the <laughs> car on the way home. So so they did play. Um, but typically that was as long as it went for them. They just, you know, they got home and the Game Boys were, the, were, were way more important than, than the dice. I couldn't keep sure. them around, unfortunately. Right, but, right. So, but yeah. Uh, and so, of course, you're going to ask the story about the hurricane. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what year it was. I, it was while I was in Biloxi. I was stationed in Biloxi. And this is actually in the first first GWF files. Is it? I think it might have been. First, yeah, first yeah, GWF yeah, files, yeah. yeah. And so... Um, 
the way that it's written in the GWF files is that I ran from a hurricane and showed up um, and, and, and Galactica on Saturday while leaving my family in, in harm's way in the Midwest because it says somehow <laughs> I ran from the from the hurricane in Nebraska. I don't know what Tom was listening to, but it sure wasn't Nebraska because I never lived there. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, yes, there was actually a hurricane <laughs> that was coming in. It was in the Gulf Coast. Uh, it was skirting the Gulf Coast um, where we lived. Um, it delayed my departure because I didn't know where it was coming in. And I was able to fly out on Saturday. I pulled in when everybody was at the, the at Tom's house um, doing the lunch barbecue because they used to do that over at Tom's house late in the afternoon on Saturday. And I walked in there like, hey, wait, isn't there a hurricane where you're living? And I was like, yeah, but it's not coming in where I live. So the, the, there's no issues. <laughs> and, um, and, there, and and that's where I got the Bogus Pete na- nickname. So the NGO Bogus Pete, that's when that was going on. Because they're like, yeah, you can't be the real Pete because the real Pete would never leave his family in harm's way <laughs> with a hurricane coming in. And I was like, yeah, no, the hurricane's going more this way. The family's fine. And when I flew back, I actually got to fly over the area where the, the hurricane came in. It went in, in the Alabama, uh, Florida, Alabama line. And I could actually see where, where there was damage from it uh, when I flew over. But where we lived in Biloxi, there there were no issues with it. But, yeah, I caught a little bit of flag for that. And it actually is a story that's in the in the, uh, the GWF files in the original one, although a little skewed. It's got the wrestling, you know the wrestling swerved to it that somehow I, I was running from a hurricane in Nebraska, which would be really, really neat. That'd be pretty crazy. Yes. Yeah. yeah wouldn't it? Yeah. Right on the coast of Nebraska. Yes. In the coast of Nebraska. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's yeah. something else. That is something else. Um, well, I, like I said, I mean, I could, I could do this all night, uh, but before, before we wrap up, I do want to say, uh, Todd, do you have anything for Pete before we go? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's great to have you on here, Pete. Uh, you know, th- thanks for, uh, you know, being a great friend all these years. As I, I know I've mentioned all these times, it's always, I always, one of the Christmas cards I always liked getting was your Christmas card because it would always have, you know, the whole note of everything going on and then everything going on in your Fed. You know, I get that that one update every year. And I always thought that was was great. Thank you uh, for doing that uh, all those years there. And, uh, you know, thank you. And it's, it's always it's good to see more of you now that you're on the East Coast. Thank you. And maybe now that we're settled someplace, that actually might happen again. I might actually yeah. have time to get back to doing those Christmas cards. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, Mike, anything anything for Pete? Well, I, I guess first off, I'm glad you were able to survive that going through the eye of that hurricane all those years yes. ago. That, that yes. We're able to see you and, and visit with you today. But uh, no, it's just great having you on, Pete. Um, you know, I I think uh, your last Galacticon before your hiatus was my first, 2001. And I remember meeting you and being so like impressed with you, like thought you were a great guy. I remember when the Death Knight art came up, I think for auction when you were away, like trying to bid on it to send it to you. Um, uh, so I think you, you've had like a great impact on people that you met in the game community. And, you know, we're just real glad to have you back as a regular. So I am, I, I never really left, but it's much better to be back. Kind of like, as you say, because well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, in the days yeah, before the internet where you, you couldn't visit yeah. with people like this, True. right? Yes. So it was like, we yep. didn't see you for, for a number of years. So to have yeah. you back in person is, is a great thing. 
and and I love being back in person. It is it's fantastic being back and being able to 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 interact and uh, and do all this fun stuff with with everybody with the with the whole community. It it is it is fantastic. So yeah, uh, I enjoy it. I'll never stop. I won't. I, I can't. It's it's part of me, as I tell people. Uh, it's 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 what I do. It's it's the fun that I get to have on my own. Cool. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm thrilled. It's been a pleasure to, you know, kind of sort of get to know you through the virtual get togethers and everything. And you've always been very kind and, and, and generous with me and uh, helped me to fill a hole in my collection with that Johnny Rocket card, which I greatly appreciate. Um, and it's been a blast having you on again. I certainly look forward to having you on again at some point here in the near future. Uh, but before, you know, before we move on to our kind of closing segment, do you have anything that you want to say to everybody out there? Well, you know, hey, uh, I, I think I just kind of said it when I was, was saying thanks to, to Mike, uh, but thanks to everybody out there. This community is fantastic. It, it really is. Um, uh, this community saw me some, through, some, through some trying times, you know, you know, as a military member going out and doing the things that we do. Um, uh, you know, you, you move around a lot. Uh, you get to meet a lot of different people and you get to, to, to do some, some neat and, and cool things. But, um, that lifestyle is, is, is kind of hectic. Um, but this, this community has been there every step of the way from, you know, from the letter writing that we used to do way back when with the, with the snail mail to the, uh, to the early days of the, the, the board, the, 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 the comment board. It wasn't even a discussion board. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, to that, you know, in, in, in the early days of the internet and exchanging emails and then through the bootleg type stuff. And, um, uh, yeah, this community has been, you know, one of the constants that, that's been there for me from before I came to the military and then now that, that I'm out and I'm thoroughly in, enjoy being a part of it. Um, I've made some great friends, friends for life, um, that, that are going to be there, you know, that have that sim- similar interest to I do. And don't look at me like you play a wrestling card game. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, I love being part of the community. And and I'm just, I think it's kind of cool that, that, that you guys go out there and ask me to do this type of stuff, because to me, I just, you know, I, I'm a fan and, uh, and, and I'm absolutely honored to be here and, and to, to get to share the story that I, that I have about something that I really, really enjoy. So thank you. Thank you very much. Right on. You are more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, well, again, you know, we're a little pressed for time, but we do have a couple of other things that we wanted to get to real quick. Uh, so I'll shoot it over to Todd. Uh, any news and notes from Fed HQ? Um, so let's see. Uh, I will mention the, uh, I know that we got some questions about the perennial uh, cards. Uh, we are, uh, we had a printing of them, but we're getting them reprinted. They should be going out uh, momentarily. Everybody should have them though in their online accounts though. So you can at least start playing them there. And then the physical copies, I expect, uh, hopefully people will start getting them around the, the time our next show, uh, drops is, is, is my hope. So very, very soon on that. Um, uh, Galacticon update. Uh, we're still trying to work out some stuff with, uh, the Friday night show. Uh, there is a, in, in Chicago, the weekend on the 15th is an AAW uh, show. We're trying to work out something uh, to kind of get a group uh, thing with that together so we can all kind of go there together. Uh, but then just announced today is on the Saturday night, uh, July 16th, there will be an MLW show in Chicago as well. We're not going to work out something with that. Uh, that so um, I saw tickets to do go on sale March 1st for that. So just, if you wanted to be part of that show, uh, you'll have to go on your own for that one. Uh, but we will kind of adjust the, 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 um, 
the con uh, so that people can try to make that show. Uh, the con will be on Saturday and Sunday. So the Galacticon Cup will actually be Sunday. So, you know, if you're hoping to leave early and whatnot, uh, just know that you might miss out on the, the final championship. But we'll try to wrap up everything. I'm, I'm hopeful by eh, one o'clock or so or on Sunday, just if you want to start making your plans. But we'll have everything out um pretty soon you know with all the details on uh you know timing and and with the room block and everything like that i just want to make sure see if we can get everything kind of set with our friday night activities first and if you aren't going to mlw we will try to have something back at the hotel uh a saturday night at the matches for those who don't feel like going to live wrestling that night so that's the latest on the con and then uh, we'll have some more stuff on the spring virtual con hopefully pretty soon as well Awesome. And I think, and I think also, you know, with it being March uh, coming up soon, March is tournament month. I think we're going to have to run an online tournament at one point. That that's what I'm thinking. So, um, you know, Fantastic. we ran the, the uh, black hole tournament back at the, um, at the perennial. I think we might have to run an FCR championship tournament at uh, one time. So Ooh. keep, keep an eye out for that. We'll have uh, an invite uh, for that. Probably a zoom thing uh, free of charge for people to kind of come in like that. Phil Singer games night we did uh, back uh, last fall. We'll do something like that again. So uh, stay tuned to the boards and this podcast for more on that. Very, very cool. Uh, I will say for anyone who is interested in the AAW show, uh, it's their United We Stand show, which is generally one of the biggest shows of the year for them. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, their, their midway point. They, you know, they, they have their big blow-off show at the end of the year with the Windy City Classic. Um, but United We Stand is usually uh, filled with, you know, with some great stuff. Um, and of course, you can check out a lot of AAW content online, I believe, uh, over on Fight TV now um, is, is where they have a lot of their content. So, um, you can check out some of the latest uh, over there uh, and the Bourbon Street facility where the, the show runs is a really cool place, uh, especially, you know, show up a little early, um, depending on how transportation works and, and timing works out or whatever. You know, if you want to grab a meal there, grab a drink there, what whatnot, uh, before you get into the, the actual show. Uh, and of course, the show has, you know, bar concessions, all that sort of stuff as well. So you can get stuff while you're watching the show or between matches. Um, but it, yeah, it should be should be a really great time. And then, of course, yeah now having the mlw show it out the night after it's like there's you know it's all happening in chicago uh and not the least of which of course will be galacticon um yeah i mean before we had wwe following us with their pay-per-views now mlw is <laughs> following us with their tv tapings i don't get it but hey you know we set the tone um so uh i, I, I mean, want to i was gonna say we've been doing this a long time they're, they're finally catching the clue so yeah exactly. right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Um, I'll throw something real quick. Uh, we, we didn't do a Lego corner, uh, last week. Uh, I don't think so. We'll, we'll do one this week. Uh, I got my daughter for uh, Valentine's day. Uh, I got her a Lego. Um, it's like a it's shaped like a book and it's a frozen two set. And so, uh, we cracked that open, uh, yesterday and put that together before her bedtime and she wanted to sleep with it. Uh, we, we told her that she couldn't do that. Uh, although I, I, I must admit that at nap time today, she did con me into letting her take that to bed with her so i let her go ahead and take that into bed uh she miraculously she still slept so i you know i'll consider it a parenting win and she didn't lose a piece or break anything so it worked out um but it was a lot of fun you know it's, it's just a little small play set and it comes with a couple of mini figures and uh 125 pieces just build a couple pieces of scenery and stuff but she she loved it so uh that's my lego corner for the week um i, I don't have I jump in on the lego corner oh, oh yeah please, man please, please. please so, do so 
I don't do them. Uh, you know, we had Legos when I was a kid. Um, but um, my oldest son, um, <laughs> he did them all. You know, he loved Legos the whole time that he was growing up. Um, and his uh, his college or the, some some educational professors think that doing that type of stuff when you're younger with Legos actually helps the development of type of things towards computers and, and, and logic logic type step type things. And so he is now a computer engineer uh, working for a, a company down in the south. Um, but yeah, a lot of folks think that that's there. And, and yeah, I would say that he's kind of proof part of that. But yeah, he loved them. Um, my daughter. Well, she's a little older now, absolutely loves them too. She's, she thinks that they're really cool too. And, and, and her fiance, who I think I'm having to go to a wedding sometime later this year or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that is happening. Um, uh, he digs them too. So they, you know, they're, they're, they're cool. And they're not just for kids, folks. Uh, yeah. They are, they're, they're fantastic. They're a lot of fun. So. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That's our next podcast. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Mike. I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Todd. I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, I'm not doing a Lego there, but I, I don't show the guys before. I do have the AEW pop-up stage. So that's my next construction project is is, is that, which is... It looks uh, really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. And apparently it's a monstrosity. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to help. I'll, I'll show it off uh, to these guys next week, I guess. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll finally get around to posting something on YouTube. Um, uh, Mike, anything anything from you before we get out of here? No, I think I think I've... I'm spent, you know, I mean, it's, it's just time to say good night to uh, our friends on the Baltic. Fantastic. Uh, I will say uh, thank you everyone uh, for commenting on the last episode on the boards. Uh, Lee, Troy, Malice Lover, Vegas, Rob. I loved Rob's comment uh, about, uh, you know, spending time hanging out with Gabe and uh, that the Johnny Gargano card is one of his favorite indie cards of all time. Uh, L.A. Wraith, uh, who I also had a wonderful private conversation with uh, off the boards. Um, what, a, what a cool person. I, I, I really dig uh, talking with him. And uh, uh, yeah, we just had a great conversation off the boards and then of course having the opportunity um to to hear from his comment on the board as well was was a lot of fun so i, I appreciate you for doing that uh pariah thank you once again for your comments uh very very kind words uh bugram uh, loved al hazard when i was a kid uh it's an anime thing uh and jerk bronson thank you guys so very very much um for for your comments we really appreciate your support we appreciate everybody in the community who listens even if you don't make a comment uh thank you so much for for hitting that download button or streaming us wherever you do um just a reminder of course if you are uh, uh downloading uh, feel free to hit that subscribe button or follow whatever the case may be depending on the podcast catcher that you're using and uh, don't forget to leave us a review uh it helps the visibility and you know the more eyes on the podcast hopefully the more eyes on the game because one of the great missions has always been to try to snag people that don't know anything about the game and, and just get them interested, which is why we sometimes have conversations that don't necessarily have to do directly with the game, because hopefully it's the type of thing that, you know, somebody just off the street will listen to and be like, yeah, sounds cool. I'll check it out. Um, but thank you all. Thank you. Uh, of course, to all the other content creators, uh, the legends crew, Chad, Corey, Tim and Stu with uncharted territory, um, you know, great stuff as usual. Their most recent episode um, with uh, Gordon Soli's son was a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to, to what's next from them 
as always. Um, Grant Pachoco with uh, the Filstering Games Fan Podcast. Also, a big shout out to Grant for helping me fill a big gap in my collection. Um, so I, I appreciate uh, him for, for working with me on that one. And uh, then, of course, we've got uh, Brock Atkinson with Brock's Rebuilds. And uh, Brock and Mike are doing the character spotlights, which you can find over on Facebook uh, and YouTube, which are a lot of fun. And uh, Lee Longpre with the Dizzy Dice. And everybody else out there who's creating something, doing something to enhance the community, engage the community, and keep the conversation going, keep the dice rolling. We appreciate you so very much and look forward to talking to everyone soon, of course, at the Spring Con and then hopefully seeing lots of faces in person here in Chicago for Galacticon. I am really, really, really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, it's it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, uh, I'm sure of it. So, uh, uh, One thing I did want to oh, add, oh. Since you did bring up the character spotlight from Brock and... Uh, uh, and Mike, uh, be it in the lookout in the next couple of weeks, there oh. will be an episode <laughs> featuring the wives yes. of Filsian oh, Games <laughs> where Pete and my wife are both guests on that podcast. So that should be enlightening. <laughs> I was asked to leave the room, so I have no idea what was said. So, I know I was I, thrown under the bus at one point, so you know. <laughs> well, we all know it's your wife. That I uh, haven't heard before, probably, but it's just now it's going to be out there for the whole world to hear. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. She, she, yeah. she, she doesn't mince her words, Pete. She, yeah. she, she doesn't hold no, back. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, it'll be a lot of it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so they'll have to let us know when when they're going to plan on dropping that. Um, but yeah, I you know I think that's all for for us here at Roll Up. Uh, keep your eyes peeled, of course, on the website for the latest teasers. We'll have a new teaser up on Friday for the Legend set. Um, really excited about it. I think with uh, you know the the Don Leo Jonathan name being announced, people are starting to kind of maybe get a vibe for what kind of set this might be, um, which is cool. Uh, I love seeing all the guesses uh, out there, um, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have some more really cool. Well, I know we'll have some more cool artwork for you on Friday. Uh, so everybody in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there uh, and uh, keep the dice rolling. (laughs) 